0: Hello and welcome to the Cargo Bay, a, wait, this is Star Wars conversation podcast, but today we're doing, we're going to do something a little different. Uh, today we're going to talk about our favorite Christmas movie, Lord of the Rings, <laughs> The Fellowship of the Ring. I am Brady C, here with my co-host as
1: always. Adam B. How you doing, B.C.?
0: Boy, I'm I'm excited about talking about the best Christmas movie of all time with you.
1: Yeah, nothing nothing makes me feel that Yuletide spirit more than L O T R, loader, a loader, as we used to call it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, this it's uh, you know I feel a little wayward here. Normally we are talking Star Wars, but we said you know what. It's our show. We can do whatever, whatever the heck we want. <laughs> and uh, you know, we got the holiday spirit here in the Cargo Bay. And uh, nothing says holidays to me like Fellowship of the Ring. So I, I think that's what we will be discussing today. And I'm excited to talk about it with
1: yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, these movies came out around Christmas. Uh, they got yep. snow in them. Um,
0: yep. Yeah. Though there's there's snow. That's
1: Christmas. They're long. They're good for being cozy. You know. I, I think that's what it really is for me. Is like when else. Are you going to have a better situation to, to nestle in and watch a three to four hour long movie than than The Holidays?
0: It's true. Um, yeah, this, this was released, uh, digging through the archives, December of 2001.
1: Wow! Good golly, that blo- I was—you know—I thought I thought it was two thousand and three for whatever reason. Uh, and two thousand one, just makes it even more of a thing of like, how does this hold up? I I still don't understand.
0: Well, you know, the world was a very very strange place in December of two thousand one, <laughs> uh, fresh off of the terrorist attacks of nine eleven. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, which that's I, I don't he, think our our young brains really processed no, that at that time that's how that's how
1: kid brained i was that you know there's no there's no like surrounding political landscape i'm considering this movie in it's just just like warm fuzzy times
0: yeah no, and it's 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 so true that it that it is just warm fuzzy times for me but i think that's what that's what is is great about it it's it's an escape movie you know yeah. like for for all of the stuff that was going on in the world that I mean we were partially aware of I mean I don't think we could really understand the, the full impact of a nine eleven no <laughs> at at the time in um, two thousand one I mean I, I was like a freshman in high school or something um, so you know this was perfect perfect escapism from anything that would have been like S- things are wrong in the world it's like okay well you know let's let's Go to the movies, uh, oh, which there's a lot of movies from around like the post 9-11 time that are really like bad. <laughs> impactful, but but oh, okay. really bad, but but like Lord of the Rings, uh, I like I vividly remember Spider-Man being a big oh, yeah. thing for me that yeah. came out in 2002. Episode
1: so... two, of course, yeah. Star Wars yeah. episode two. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah a classic, a classic of modern cinema. Uh, so I mean, all, all of those things sort of exist in that kind of escapism realm for me, yeah. which I was at the perfect end. Age for anyway. So, yeah, I mean, this is like it's like thrown on a cozy blanket whenever I I go back and pop on Fellowship of the Ring.
1: That's that's kind of what I look for in general in media. Still, <laughs> I still have a good <laughs> brain. I mean, truly, if something is set in the modern world, I am so much less likely to uh, partake. Like, I, I was listening through the Dark Tower series recently, and I was, like, a good two, three hours into the audiobook, I think, and then it cut mm-hmm. to, like, a skyscraper in Manhattan, and I was like, I'm out. A hard pass, <laughs> like, not interested. No. I, don't... <laughs> I was having a good time out in the, the gunslinger weird West stuff. Uh, but anyway... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is funny to imagine that a lot of people were watching this movie and drawing parallels between the darkness seeping back into the world and terror. Oh, I mean, yeah, and the terror. Yeah, of
0: course. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 all allegory for something. Yeah. Um, which I think Tolkien famously was like, "This is not an allegory for World War One." Stop. Oh, really? Stop really? it. Okay. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Um, that where he was like, "No, I I can see where you get that, but stop doing that. That's not what this is." He's like. All right, Jr. But you <laughs> all know what you went through, so maybe it's <laughs> I don't know. See, my
1: you know uh, listeners of the podcast may or may not know. Um, I grew up the son of a preacher man. And so, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I watched, my my dad took me to this movie um, and I was reading the books and all that. And he was, you know, he he always talked about, well, you know, he and C.S. Lewis were were great friends. My dad loves C.S. Lewis. Um, Right. He got, you know, Chronicles of Narnia, sure, but he also has some other, like, theological uh, you know screw, screw tape, tape letters, letters and stuff and, like yeah, that yeah yeah. yeah yeah um so anyway it was like yeah you know they were drinking buddies they'd they'd go drink and talk about chronicles of narnia and lord of the rings um and he was always like yeah you know frodo is the the perfect you know like kind of figure this kind of christ-like figure who has this thrust upon him and he was always like uh you know frodo's Definitely going to die at the end. He had never read it, you know, But he was just like, <laughs> "Like Frodo's the gonna, guy's, He's got spoiler alert. Uh, he's to go. He's got to go because he's Christ." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, come on. The
0: the burden that he's bearing is uh, a little much. Yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah, it was it was a uh, it was a fun thing to uh, to enjoy with my dad. I don't. I three hours was a bit long for for my father to enjoy a movie, but it was something we could talk talk about growing up.
0: I mean, I, I, we've discussed this a little bit before, but this was, this was not on my radar at all as a thing that I wanted to see. Yeah. Right. Like that whenever, like all the Lord of the Rings stuff came in, I was like, I'm over it. Like, I was like, I don't care. (laughs) But it was my mom who had known the book and even like back to the animated movies, I'm sure, was like, I'm gonna, we're gonna go see this. And I was like, fine, whatever. She's like, I'm gonna buy, she's like, I'm buying tickets. We're gonna go. And we got tickets to a movie theater that I've I had never gone to before in Little Rock. It was like I forget what it's called. It's like the Cinema One Hundred and Fifty or something. But it was just one screen, so it was one of the. It was like it was like it wasn't an IMAX screen, but the movie theater itself was just one huge screen. So like it was a special occasion where she's like, we're gonna go to a good theater That's where awesome. it's a really big screen, and we're gonna sit down and watch this movie. And I was like, hey, I would have, man. And <laughs> um, like basically, as soon as the movie started, I was like on the edge of my seat. I was like. Go on, yeah. What, tell me what, what more about this world. <laughs> yes, yeah.
1: it's, it's so great to have that intro because it it takes a little bit to heat up after that. Yeah, um, so it's yeah, good yeah, yeah. that it comes in swinging with the action for your for a little teenage brain to be like, oh, okay, I see where we're going.
0: I mean, this it's yeah, it's the movie is is so perfectly crafted. I think like going back, like I watch them, like oh, this is just masterfully made. Where it, it does draw you in immediately, and then it settles you into the world of, of Hobbiton, right? So we're going to go into the Shire, we're going to do all that sort of stuff. But it does give you that whip of action, the history of the ring, like, you get you get all that up top, and then we go into, like... I mean, the score, too, is is perfect for setting the mood for everything, but, like, the, like, whimsical music of the Shire, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, oh, this, this is kind of fun, this is nice. Um... <laughs> But the but the way that it's pace and it just unfolds in front of you like I don't know I was whenever I watched this because uh, we were preparing to talk about it I watched this a couple weeks ago the pacing of it and I don't know why but for the most recent time reminded me of like this is weird and, I, and people can say this is wrong I don't care but it reminded me of like an Indiana Jones movie where it's like it, you go from place to like once you once the movie really gets rolling. You're going from place to place, and something as something exciting or meaningful is happening every like five to ten minutes, yeah. which is very much that like serial style of pacing, which is not the books. Spoiler alert, everybody! Yeah, yeah. But for this film, like just keeps you like wanting more because you know you're going to get to the next thing, and then by the time this movie was over, like. We're at, at hour three. I'm like, more, let's go. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, no, the movie's over. We gave you gotta you three leave. Three hours. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that was three hours. That's longer than most movies. The movie's over. Wait until next year. I was like, no, that that can't be the end. They they barely just started this journey. We've got to get to Mordor. There's we got to get that ring into that thing. <laughs> we got to go do this. Like I was, I had bought so completely into this world. By the end of the movie, I had like, I will always just be like. Kudos, Mom. You knew exactly what you were doing when you're like, we're going to go see this on the biggest screen I can find.
1: That's that's almost an identical experience. I saw the trailer for for the movie in the theater and it it was a big epic trailer and i as a fourth grader was like this looks stupid this looks really (laughs) dumb look at all these people and their their haircuts and their self-importance like you know it was like them cresting mountains and like kind of looking over each shoulder and my mom was like you're going to love that you idiot um and (laughs) she was like i'll buy you um i'll buy you the hobbit And I was a a lazy child, so I had an inconsistent allowance, and I was always hungry for Mm -hmm. objects. I was like, yeah, okay, (laughs) yeah, get me The Hobbit. Um, So I read The Hobbit and loved The Hobbit before the the movie came out. Um, So I was on board at that point, but I still wasn't expecting it to be like, I don't know, I didn't think I was going to love the movie as much as like a Star Wars movie. but yeah, my, my mom didn't take me to the theater. I don't know that she had read Lord of the Rings or just knew that I would be, you know, a sucker totally for into her. it. Yeah. yeah, and so it, my my dad took me, and yeah, I kind of like Indiana Jones and the uh, the Last Crusade, or sorry, not the Last Crusade, the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. At least it also does a trick of like it gives you a full movie and then another full movie. So it was like. You know, by the time they got to Rivendell, I was like, "Man, what a movie! That was awesome! I wish there was more." <laughs> you know, and then it was like, "Oh, well, we're just we're going into to Act Two yeah. here." It's like, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah they, they they do just keep delivering. I mean, it's just hit after like there's I. It's like you sit down, and you're
1: like, "Oh, I love,
0: I love the show. Oh, the prancing pony. Oh, Weathertop scene. Yeah. Oh, we're in Rivendell. It's like." You just go from location to location. You're just like, I love everything about it. Like, going back and watching, I'm like, ah, what's my favorite part? I don't know. I love each one more than the next. Like, it, it's just the the way that those, like, everything is of the world, but they have their own feeling. Like, their own, it's like, style and stuff that, that, like, hits you in a different way, but all lives in the world of, of Middle Earth. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just, I completely bought into the world, fell in love with it. Like became mildly obsessed with Lord of the Rings like as as soon as i got out i was like we i got to go get these books yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> like and and i would like i remember going to hastings uh, a fine hastings. institution in uh in its in its heyday um and getting like the the three book box set that had yeah. the the box art was um it was the the race being like wiped out by the horse. Yeah. Niver. Okay.
1: So these were the painting set because there was like the movie photo covers, and then there were like the the concept art images. Or this was also a still from the.
0: This was a still from okay. the movie, and then I'd have to go back and look at because I mean there I still have them, um, <laughs> but each each book had movie stills on the cover. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I remember cause I wasn't a big reader, uh, at the time <laughs> being in high school and like having access to like a PlayStation and stuff. So, yeah. um, was like, eh, I'm, you know, I'm like whatever on the, on the whole reading thing. Uh, but as soon as I got those books, I was like. I became like weirdly more dedicated to my schoolwork because like I'm gonna do my homework right now so I can go read Lord of the Rings for three hours (laughs) before I go to bed, which was a really wild swing for me because I was like I gotta finish my homework so I can go read Lord of the Rings, (laughs) Um, which was a totally different experience from from the movies, uh, obviously, but is so rewarding too that like you can love both of them. I think I don't. I mean, I think you can. Obviously, there's huge differences between the two of them, but I think the movies exist perfectly in a cinematic world, and the books are are perfect on the page. Yeah, you know?
1: I think it's a near perfect adaptation because there's no way to do the books in the spirit of the books perfectly without it being like a huge, long, multi-season TV show, whatever. And a lot of the changes that, a lot of the big changes, I like. You know, um, I like uh, Arwen taking. Photo. Yeah. like that's one of my favorite sequences in lord of the rings um mm-hmm. i love all that i like the um the the elves coming to to helms deep um yep that's you know that's cool <laughs> like it's not, yeah. um so I, I don't know there there are a few changes maybe that i don't agree with but mostly it makes sense as far as building a movie to me and kind of clueing yeah. people in and i'll also say that while i like the extended versions and they're fun to watch i think that theatrical cuts are generally they're they're better versions of the movie as far they, as like a piece of cinema oh, like you know yeah to now tell, I, tell a story
0: yeah i absolutely agree because i normally I, I watch the extended editions because i'm a glutton for punishment um and they just exist in my brain as part like an important part of the christmas tradition of yeah. like because the dvds would come out around christmas and that was like a standard gift. My friends would be like, We got you the extended edition. I'm like, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I remember so getting I w- that
1: first extended edition box. Uh, I think Ooh. I didn't get the first, I didn't get Fellowship extended. I got two towers extended, though, and that like leatherish, like, yep, the, <laughs> green, the big, and thick green, and then red, and blue. Like, yep, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I still have those um, somewhere. I've upgraded i got a someone was giving away a bunch of uh, blu-rays that i knew and uh the entire set of lord of the rings extended editions i was like uh yeah i'll take your blu-rays if only just for this one like like, yeah he's like i don't i don't want to store these anymore i'm like i'll take that if it means (laughs) i can have that sweet lord of the rings extended edition um but yeah i I was always uh, an extended edition watcher but this most recent time i was like i'm just i mean Th- three and a half hours, four hours is long. Yeah, I was like, I'll watch the three-hour version, um, the one that I remember from sitting down in in the theater, and it's perfect. Like at, even at three hours, it clips along so well. Yeah, the extended edition does have fun stuff in it, but it's not all like necessary. It's just like and, there's they shot so much footage. Yeah, uh, that's like you can put it in there, but and the, the way uh, the, that the theatrical editions are paced is, is basically pitch perfect.
1: And the, I think the 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 effect shots that they cut are are at a lower quality than the ones yeah. that are kept in, um, and that's I, I still am just blown away. Like from that opening sequence, it's immediately like this is really early CG tech, and yeah. it looks great. Um, the way that it's kind of the, I think it's the way that the the scenes are painted. Like a lot of later CG is all gray yeah. and washed out. And this, it kind of looks like the characters, like, you know, the matted-in characters look kind of like models on the model set, yeah. too. Like, it all just kind of yeah. feels correct. It doesn't look awful. It just is like, wow, I can't can't believe this holds together. From 2001. And a not huge budget, considering it's nine hours of... ten hours of movie by the time it's done.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, th- to think that the, the tech... I mean, it it's aged, right? Like, yeah. obviously, it's it's not as like clean or crisp or whatever, but it it still holds up. And I mean, you can still watch it and be like, you know, it's we've we've progressed in technology, but it doesn't like knock you out of the story or anything. No. You know, it's it's still there. It's it's still good. Um, I think one, I'm uh, I want to go off on a tangent here for a second. One of my favorite things about the extended edition DVDs that came out was all of the like supplemental and bonus material that came yeah. with it like huge, the disc three and four of that,
1: right?
0: like all of that watching those taught me so much about one well, like storytelling but like filmmaking too because they go into so much detail about like the design process all of that which i think i mean previously i don't think we would have really had access to but like dvds were like the thing at that time right in yeah. terms of media because this is before like any streaming services so like movies were making so much money off of one the theatrical release but also dvds were such a big part of the film industry which is part of why film is dying now because no one's buying the physical media yeah but the amount of like care that they took to put into those extended editions where they're like here's how the sausage was made here's how the model makers did this shot here's how like all of these locations were scouted here's how we filmed this stuff like you can get a good like crash course 101 filmmaking just from watching the the extended edition bonus materials where they talk about i mean it it takes you through the design process through like shooting through casting through visual effects like editing like it goes through all parts of making the movie uh and that's the most recent thing that i watch because like i like watching that as much as i like watching the movies just because how much detail they go into about the storytelling and and how they actually did that which is where i got the uh the information about the troll and his anatomy uh, that we were talking about <laughs> yeah. beforehand uh where it's the that cave troll pre-animatics swinging ding just <laughs> just swinging around uh, but it shows all that really early technology where like weta started because you know they're shooting movies in new zealand and they're like We don't want to hire some other visual effects place. Like, we'll just buy the computers and start doing it ourselves. And, like, that was the beginning of of visual effects in New Zealand filmmaking because of Peter Jackson. And it turned into, like, a massive visual effects house because of this
1: yeah and i mean also like the physical that's what's crazy about it in this era uh which i think we're returning to that the era of like mixed digital with actual physical you know like production um but they were also making armor sets (laughs) like yeah it's it's just a wild level of of production um but yeah those those uh bonus features uh I mean I know people who like cite that as like the reason I wanted to become a filmmaker was because oh, I watched totally. I watched yeah. the Lord of the Rings bonus features and it's like, yeah. yeah, that makes sense.
0: Well they go into all of the like forced perspective mm-hmm. shots and how they're like they go through camera movements and stuff and how they You know, film all the Force perspective, which is super interesting because so much of it's done in camera where it's like, yeah, because I was watching it's there's a shot of it's in. Uh, It's in Bag End. It's with Frodo and Gandalf. And the table itself is built into like a crazy force perspective. Part of Gandalf's table is actually built on a dolly. The camera's on a dolly that's tracking the movement so that the two portions of the table are always lined up and they're in perfect perspective. And you're just like, (laughs) <laughs> what the hell That's did a, I just watch? They put like, more it's camera work magic.
1: into that table shot than I've ever put into anything in my life. A- anything, but <laughs> like, <that>,
0: like, <laughs> we'll, like, we'll just do a two shot and a, a, a wide and then we'll do the reverse and the rest. They're like,
1: no, we're going to get this forced perspective in
0: one shot where they're both going to be physically present. And E. McKellen's like tracking his eye line because you can't be looking at the other actor and keep that forced perspective. So like the way that they're figuring it out all in camera, I mean, there's a lot of other effects that they're doing, like they're blending shots and stuff, but the ones when they're actually shooting that forced Perspective in camera blows my mind, yeah, yeah. where it's like, oh, yeah, we'll just build a moving dolly that part of this table is on, and it's seamlessly going to look like they're in the same location because the table's always lined up because the dolly are tracking in opposite directions as this camera is making this move, and you're just like... What kind of wizardry is happening? Like, there's so much of that stuff that, like, now you go back and you can be like, oh, yeah, I can kind of see where it's like, yes, that's the insert of the seven-foot guy's hand on, you know, Elijah Woods' shoulder. Yeah. But, you know, at the time, it's like I just bought into all of it. Like, I was just so in the world. And knowing the stuff doesn't take me out of it now or didn't even take me out of it yeah. then. I was just like, it's so cool that they can do that. Yeah. You know, and that's information that they're giving to an audience. We're like, here's how we did a lot of this stuff that's relatively simple to figure out if you've got the time to do it
1: i wish yeah i wish that the the industry you know had (laughs) had taken those lessons and (laughs) but now i just feel like nothing like this will happen again i mean i guess avatar is happening there are massive huge projects taking place over many years but i i don't know i think this for a long time is i mean I guess forever is it's going to be a, a unique classic that, that kind of nothing else is like. Um Still haven't seen anything like it. And just the, just the, the, the ensemble cast and the fact that they were working together for like three years or however long yeah. it was. And
0: well, like principal photography was like 16 months or something yeah. or whatever it was. And then they always came back for, for pickups, you know, it's like, that's a crazy commitment as an actor to to take on
1: yeah yeah and that's i i think it's on those dvds but it's something like vigo mortensen was was called and had like a couple days to decide or something he was gonna take the role and his son was yeah. like y- yeah you need to play aragorn <laughs> see you <in> 16 months <laughs>
0: This is super cool. You have to do this. Yeah, I mean, he he, because uh, what Stuart Townsend or whoever was cast as Aragorn, whoever, whoever uh, that was. We think we think he's too young. We might have made a mistake. And they call Vigo Mortensen. They're like, basically, you've got a day to let us know if you can be out here. Man. <laughs> and then it was his son who was like, "Yeah, Dad, you should probably take the role as the kick-ass ranger in this <laughs> huge movie that's going to be made because he knew the books." And so it was like. Yeah, you should. That's the coolest part. You should go do that. Uh, And then he does and it's just like immediately like thrown into like sword combat. And, you know, he's he's like shooting fight scenes and all that kind of stuff. Like I just I can only imagine how much
1: fun it must have been. To shoot an epic like this, yeah, I'm super jealous, uh, jealous. Yeah. But also, like, <laughs> I, I can't imagine much of this cast being replaced. Um, Christopher mm-hmm. Lee playing Saruman, famously wishing oh, that he was man. playing Gandalf, and it's like, <laughs> no, Ian McKellen is Gandalf. But you're a Saruman. Yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> like, there's a... <laughs> uh,
0: the bad guy from all the horror movies. Yeah, you're gonna be the bad guy in this. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, Ian, Ian Holm as Bilbo. Yeah. He's so much fun in the beginning. I mean, Ian McKellen yeah. is perfection yeah. as as Gandalf. Nominated for an Oscar for this movie. I think he maybe should have yeah, won. Um, won.
1: I still, I I tear up watching him on the bridge, not because of what's happening to the character, but just that like a man at that point in his career doing a fantasy movie could give that much to a, a green screen or whatever, you know, it's just like, <laughs> it, it shocks he's, me every time. I'm like, wow, he's this awesome.
0: <laughs> I mean, he's such an inspiring actor, you know, but like to me, it's, I, I'm, I'm bought into him always because of, I mean, he's so theatrical and he's so Shakespearean and the way that I think he uniquely translates that to film, which I don't think everyone, I mean, not everyone can do that, but it takes the way that a certain able, gravitas. To yeah, it, it really, like, off. oh, it 100% takes a, a certain amount of gravitas, especially. I mean, but you've got so much license when you're in a fantasy world and you're playing a, a freaking wizard. You yeah. Know? So it's like, hey, you've done, you know, you've probably done King Lear at this point. You've played some great Shakespearean kings. Like, you know what it's like to occupy space and really use your voice. And his level of commitment in this is like part of what sells it. And he's, I mean, he's just so good, you know, from, from the, the entrance, uh, it just being like fun and whimsical to every part of what he does in this movie. Um, I don't know. I love Ian
1: McKellen. And I think the, the, the most direct translation from the books into the film is Gandalf. Like Gandalf to me is exactly the same as he is in the books. Like it just feels totally, um, correct. Um, a- yeah. Aragorn wasn't as cool in the books to me <laughs> as he as he yeah. is. In the-
0: <laughs> well, like I he the his scene when we first encounter him, like you know he's the mysterious figure yeah. in the corner, Strider. Most folks call him Strider, and you're like, well, who's that? I've never heard of that guy before. That sounds really cool. Uh, and he's he's like scary and a little bit dangerous. And then you come to realize, oh, he's the good guy. Oh, you know, he's gonna be the king. Whatever, like. But that the intro that they build is, cinematically is so good because of what they wanted was exactly the reaction that they got from me was like, "Oh, this guy's dangerous, and we're at a very dangerous point in this story." Right? Like, we're escape. The Black Riders freaked me out. Yeah. <laughs> Even at like my advanced age, I was like, "That's some scary stuff." Like the imagery, the sound of all of that. I was like, "Oh, that's terrifying." And then they go into this like bar, and there's this figure in the dark smoking in the corner like okay this seems dangerous seems like we're about to be on a really dangerous adventure and he's the one who's gonna end up being of course like the great protector but like the that sort of storytelling beat where it's like hey we don't know what this is but we're gonna make you feel something about it it's just i love being manipulated that way yeah yeah the Uh, same way
1: they then manipulate you into being like oh sam just got stabbed by a black rider which, yeah. uh, that sequence, um, I saw, uh, or recently, Frodo, but yeah. uh, well, I, I, no, specifically Sam, because when they stab the beds, it cuts to Sam, like, waking up, as if he's been stabbed, and it, they play that out for a God, long a time gra- before they pull back the, the sheet. God, it's so crazy that, that they, that sequence a, is taken from the, the animated, uh, movie. It is, like almost plays out exactly the same they they were just like yeah that was good in the in the animated movie we're gonna keep that that.
0: (laughs) it's so yeah it's i like it's it's a minor thing that i almost forget but you're like oh man they do give you a second where you think that like the hobbits are asleep in bed and they're just getting (laughs) murdered
1: straight up (laughs) murdered yeah i was i was totally fooled by it um yeah they did the the old
0: they did the old look the other way trick on us (laughs) you know
1: yeah, I I, I I watching this again and every time I watch it, I think maybe my favorite, like chunk of any movie ever is the the intro through to Moria and through the, the exit of Moria. Um That's so good. It's my favorite part of the books too. Um it's great in the books, but to be able to pull that off and that the action holds up, um that it feels like a real place that they've been in for days. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just so, so cool. And <laughs> that fight sequence when the music cuts out and it's all just, you know, clanging swords. Yes. So uh, it's really good. Ching-chong, 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 ching, chong, ching,
0: chong, ching, ching. Yeah. You're just like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, I mean, there's so many good, like... I went back and was just like, I love the the Hobbit the Hobbiton sequence. Yeah, I love yeah. all the stuff in the Shire, and like, that's
1: that. That's one of the parts that's there's a lot of good stuff in the extended cut of the extra yeah, extras. You know, like sitting around. And well, that's fun because it's because
0: it's all just like building the the I don't know, sort of the ideal world that we're not going to be able to return to. That you know, the dream of whatever that is has to be destroyed. But like, it's such it's such just like a pleasant. World, you're like, eh? It'd be nice to live there. Yeah, it'd be a good place like, to
1: retire. That would be a lovely place <laughs> yeah. to retire. Yeah, um,
0: I don't know. It's just it's whimsical. I mean, Rivendale is all good. Yeah, um,
1: all the, the the elf does the production of what elves are is really good. Their swords are super cool, by the way. Yeah, love <laughs> those elven swords. Yeah. And then, really, that I think that the you know the orcs crawling out of stuff like cockroaches and the swarms God, of them, that's, Jesus, that CG you know, that that was new. They were I remember them being really proud that they could put like a thousand bodies, you know, like on a on a screen. But it's like none of that pays off if you don't have like three hundred people in makeup as well and all these cuts to like really, you know, like varied like they're not stormtroopers. Everyone looks different. (laughs) They all
0: they all have an individual I mean, they have a, a a similar feel, but they're all unique in design. Um, and man, thinking about that shot too, whenever they're surrounded in
1: Moria, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. our
0: heroes are done for. Yeah. How are they going to... The I, most I, like and d
1: looking like, shot in any movie.
0: <laughs> I remember the exact feeling I had of like the anxiety of them being surrounded, being like, they're going to have to freaking fight their way out of this, aren't they? How are they going to do <laughs> yeah. it? Then the Balrog comes and you see everyone fleeing. You're like what the hell is that (laughs) and then it just gets better and like every part of that coming through that oh my god it's
1: so good it's so good yeah yeah the all the all the and of course our what's his name john reese davies who will be returning Uh, to indiana jones 5 uh yes love love that he got to be Gimli. um (laughs) <laughs> like and that is one of the fun things about watching the you know, the main cast of this film is it's like everyone who was in this movie loved being in this movie and it's perfectly fine with it being maybe the highlight of their career forever. <laughs> you know, like it, yeah. at least it seems that way to me. I've watched a lot of interviews with these people talking about it and everyone's like, Yeah, this was really cool and now I'm set. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> Uh,
0: I got to do that, which not everyone gets to do. I I mean, to me, th- I mean, this is my, the theatrical equivalent of like when Star Wars came out in 1977, yeah. right? Like yeah. this, this is, it had the same, I mean, I don't, I culturally, I think it's obviously it's a little bit different, but on a personal, like theatrical experience, it had the same impact that I imagine it had on, on someone who would have been my age going to see Star Wars for the first time in 1977. Where I was like, you can do all of these yeah, things. Didn't like, know that the, was the, possible. The, Yeah, it just opened the world of possibility. I mean, when you talk about, you know, this is like high fantasy, like the way that it was realized was kind of a miracle that it, that it, they pulled it off in the way that they did. Um, because I, like, it, it, I became like obsessed with it. Like, I, I just fell in love with everything about it and was like, I have to know as much as I can about this world. I want to dive into the books. I want to know. Like what the actors think. Like I would check the One Ring dot net yep. yeah, daily for my Lord of the Rings <laughs> news. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's I, I. It's very similar to Star Wars to me, and that like sci-fi was cool or whatever, and then Star Wars was like, wow, this is yeah. this is like the full version of what that could be, and right. the, the like the fun kind of like romp uh, that that can be, and I felt that way about fantasy. Where I was like, I like swords. I like, you know, yeah. I like the idea. Yeah, of all swords this stuff, are cool, but their bows and arrows are cool. <laughs> there hadn't been a lot of movies that you know drug me in. Uh, yeah. Mostly, I was bored by by stuff in that that genre. Um, and then watching this, I had the crisis of like, do I like this more than Star Wars? What what happens to my identity? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and and watching. The last time I rewatched these, these, um, I watched them with my fiancé for the first time. And it had been a few years, and I was worried it wasn't going to hold up. And I think we wound up watching all three in, like, one or two days. Um, I was just like, that I one. think if I try to make this a little bit objective, like, I think that the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy is probably the best trilogy ever committed to film. Definitely in a fantasy or sci-fi, you know, yeah. like, world. Yeah. Uh, it's it's obviously a story that's uh, stood the test of time. I mean, it is incredible what what Tolkien did, um, kind of creating this modern myth. It's like, yeah,
0: well, it's like that was his undertaking because I mean, he, I mean, he, I mean, I, I I don't know as much as I should, but I mean, in terms of like his history with like language and and like old tales, like he yeah. was he set out to create mythology right like that that this was in its own way was like let's you know there's the Arthurian legend like let me do something that's like that like and then he built the most massive world in his brain and put it on paper with like languages and histories and lineages and too
1: many songs perhaps (laughs) too
0: many songs and poems like like the amount of content uh shout out to jrl tolkien one of the original content creators <laughs> i mean the, the amount of content that he was able to produce around this world is just like yeah he had, he had a lot of time on his hands to do this yeah. uh which which was amazing uh,
1: and, and, you know maybe it's not perfect maybe it was written by an old white guy from an old white guy's perspective you know like um but yes. that aside uh it's a pretty pretty incredible work of of art um and the and the kind of the way these characters speak translates well into the film and mm-hmm. i don't know it is really fun t- both reading the books and watching the movie like everyone has such cool lines <laughs> like the the hobbits don't as much but you know aragorn just sounds cool as hell every time he says something
0: i like Gan- like i don't know some of gandalf's lines i'm like just tattoo that on my body or something like yeah. it's just like <laughs> Which is like wisdom, you know, where it's like it makes sense that he's, you know, thousands of years old or whatever yeah. it is, and it's like it just has a, a fount of knowledge and wisdom, where it's like it's nice to be able to to have those kind of I mean, epic lines that that transcend the world of you know fantasy and into the everyday. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I think about those those quotes all the time um, and how they apply to my life in certain instances and it's i mean they resonate and there are things that's like i don't just like passively sit back and think about this like that's a meaningful thought that i can actually dive into and unpack uh, and spend a little bit of time in in reflection which is not 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 something that everything does it doesn't doesn't Uh, happen
1: with a movie that i love like star wars episode two quite as much (laughs) no
0: no not as much
1: when you came out of the theater did you have a uh, favorite member of the fellowship oh aragorn yeah
0: i mean i was i was i was like 100 percent on board for for the the kick-ass dude with the sweet sword who did all the good fighting you know it was like yeah, I was I was 100 on board with that.
1: Yeah, I think I've I've come around to, you know, Aragorn's the best. But when I, when I was a kid and I watched this, I came out being like Legolas is the coolest like oh the coolest yeah character ever. He's got those those twin knives are so cool yeah. when he does the little <laughs> flip and he flips and he's got a bow. And he also uh, when he's you... walking on the snow is cool. Just just him being an elf, an elf and otherworldly was very neat to me. Did
0: you did you play the EA games oh that eventually gosh. came out? Yeah, I just I played those for
1: hours. My buddy and I hours co-opted through yeah. those games over and over. We would <laughs> yeah. we would have I sleepovers. Know. We'd like watch the movie <laughs> yep. and then stay up all night and play yeah. those games. I hundred percent. They're so good. They that yeah. I just learned I, those games were made on the Tiger Woods golf engine. <laughs> they <Sweet>. have <laughs> been like they have been using uh, they've been trying to build an engine for like a year and it wasn't going well and then they looked at tiger woods golf and they were like those are really big open areas and there's like a castle at the end perfect <laughs> <Like> a, <laughs> amazing
0: I, re- I remember specifically one time i found i don't know if it's like a glitch in the game but um there's one place i think this was in the return of the king game where it's it's like outside of gondor where uh, It's that middle Minas Tirith, I think. Um, No, I forget what it was. But it's, like, it's this spawn area for all these orcs that come out. And if you don't go through the gates, they'll just keep spawning orcs. Yeah. So it's, like, it's where I went to just, like, perfect every single, like, (laughs) Combo that every character had, and Legolas was the most fun to play with on that game because he he had the the double swords, but also the bow and arrow too. Where it's like he had the coolest like animations with the yeah. two swords, and then he also had the bow and arrow too. Where you are like, oh, this is I don't know. I I would just camp there and be like, I am gonna kill everything
1: and perfect all of these combo moves. And they had the the real the voice cast was all the, the all the real cast. Um, I I remember just being shocked. The thing I remember most is, as I always played as Legolas, and he had a move where he would pull out the knives, spin them twice, and he would stick them in the neck, like either side of an orc's neck, yeah. and the orc would get stuck, and he had like he tried to kick him kicked off once, yeah, yeah, and then, like didn't get all the way off, and then he yes. had to kick him off the knives, and I was like, wow! That's the coolest, yes. most brutal thing I've ever seen, that's man. It. <laughs>
0: Uh, I would play those games
1: right now I, that's how much I I recently bought the two towers um because <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> borrowing a gamecube um nice. and so <laughs> i was I was trying to convince uh Paulette to to play <laughs> play with me I don't think I don't think I'll be able to get her to do that but <laughs> but, yeah. Over, huh? All right. <laughs> but yeah I, man those games were so cool and, and also just licensed games outside of Star Wars were always so awful i was like i can't believe it it's like a good game
0: yeah yeah, I mean, this was the era of, like, licensed movie video games where some of them were just total crap. Yeah. But these were so good. Cause, I mean, they had, like, little animatic cutscenes too. They would like, fade from the know,
1: movie scenes into the game. Into the It looks pretty rough now, but at the time oh, it yeah. was like, whoa. But in, like,
0: 2002, <laughs> it was pretty sweet. Yeah, you know? yeah. You're like, oh, Boromir's shield was in... Film and now it's in the game and we're gonna go do the end of the fellowship. Uh, yeah, because they tacked the fellowship into the two, the two, two hours, towers yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. Oh, you go through. I spent so much time playing those games. It starts with Weathertop. You get to cut the cut the tentacles off of the the beast. Yeah, in the water, yes. which, uh, yeah. Which, there, yeah, there's a sequence that could just be total trash from 2001 and holds up pretty good. I like watching them <laughs> cut them tentacles up. <laughs> Yep. In the water. That's that is one thing in the books that you can't capture in the movies is the introduction to that creature is just like, you know, talks about like something seeping into the water thousands of years ago or whatever. And like some dark thing. I I don't know. It's very, very well described. The
0: i mean it's uniquely suited for peter jackson's talents too of like oh we're gonna do a horror monster yeah, all yeah, right yeah. let's do a horror monster in lord of the rings S- still can't uh, you believe can tell he had fun
1: he managed to get the funding for this like i'm gonna make you know three movies all at once <laughs> it's gonna be expensive
0: <laughs> you know it's, it's wild to think because this and spider-man where it's peter jackson and sam raimi who who don't have like big budget action stuff but what they do have is like experience with like effects in films even if it's like low budget horror they're like we've always been working in effects so like we've been progressing with with like effects as they go through and they're hitting at this specific time where it's like the blend of reality with the computer stuff where they're just like uniquely situated i think probably as filmmakers be like this is where we're going that's like It's got to be why they got those jobs, you know, on these huge budget movies, like massive amounts of money um, being poured in the project. It's like, well, you guys seem to know what you're talking about with all of the cutting edge effects that are going to be needed for this sort of stuff. It's my favorite thing about about those extended editions is like the, the talking about how they do the effects and are blending it with like that beautiful era of like we're still going to carve a giant you know fourth scale miniature of whatever this is yeah. and how those technologies were existing together they talked about the specifically the rivendale so we're like we were essentially just going to use this for a wide shot like to establish rivendale big wide shot we built the entire huge miniature and then they're like it was so good that we could start putting the miniature into the digital effects background shot, So like they're getting shots of this miniature and using it to like splice into the actual like green screen and stuff so, like, man, we just shot with the miniature and just put it in the background. You're like, God, it's so good. It It's so cool.
1: Those, the, the kind of like, yeah, all the, the floating camera stuff in the trilogy yeah. through that looks incredible. Uh, there's the, the most dated things, don't even bother me which i think are the use of like strobe there's a lot of like kind of strobed action in the lord of the rings uh yeah which is kind of like seeing a wipe in star wars where i'm like that's cheesy but i like it right <laughs> <Like, you laughs> yeah. <know, like, laughs> yeah um and there, there was something else i was gonna mention that is a similar kind of technique um i guess it's sometimes the way that things they add glow to things is very like of the digital effects of that era. But it, it, I don't know it fits in universe to me, so it doesn't bother me.
0: Uh, Yeah. I mean, you know, it's the technology's dated, which is why I love it. It makes me nostalgic for it. You know, it's why I love watching the original star Wars and seeing how dated that technology is. It's like, I don't care. It's of an era and it just makes me love it even more for what it was at the time. Yeah.
1: and and it's not it's not just a cg palooza with no impact it's also a ton of shots of like actual you know athletes whacking half metal swords together yeah. like it's uh pretty wild
0: and you know to bring it back around to the socio-political that it spoke to something in the time of like you know yeah, I don't know. I, I still haven't processed the fact that most of my youth growing up was like, There's a war on terror. Uh, yeah, I'm like terror. That doesn't, make terror any, yeah. that doesn't make any sense to me. Like we're <laughs> we're fighting we're fighting terror. <laughs> like why don't we fight anger and fear too while we're at <laughs> yeah, it? Like, yeah. okay, well I guess we'll fight terror. But th- th- this did speak to like a a very clear good versus evil, you know? Yeah. And it's I don't know, it is funny that Tolkien was like, it's not World War One. You know, this is not the the good guys and the bad guys, but it it translates to everything, you know, and and the fact that it was, you know, in that time, something that was like, hey, we we need we need some good guys. We need some heroes in the world. I mean, it it played very much into where I think we were as a society of just being like, oh, America just got dealt a huge uh, FU blow. And it's like we didn't know what that meant I just still don't really know that i processed that in any meaningful way but it's like at the time I was like oh we could could really use some good guys cuz we're fighting terror and evil everywhere and uh,
1: uh, I, it might be inside the fellowship uh yeah <laughs> terror yeah. and evil <laughs> it might be that's what resonates with it, with me now is i think what tolkien intended more which is like when they're talking about evil you know coming back into the world and the elves leaving and the magic dying yeah. it's like yeah that's what i mostly feel is like the deforestation and the like yeah the loss of like basically the environment of earth <laughs> like the slow yeah. destruction of our, our natural uh resources and beauty that really like uh, that's what I felt watching it this time when they're kind of like talking about like oh yeah the the Middle Earth there. is is dying <laughs> it's like there's yeah there's evil industrial forces that are <laughs>
0: yeah very very I mean if you look at I mean part of the I mean the industrialization too is is a huge part of Tolkien's childhood because I mean he you know grew up in a very industrial part of England where you know he was, he was like saw the forefront of of, of just how fun it was to be a part of the Industrial Revolution, yeah. um which I can only imagine was brutal in the early days before a lot of like you know regulation. <laughs> um and, and the other thing, t- and I think the thing that resonated with me too this time is is the corruption that power presents, specifically with Boromir's story, yeah. where I always like, I was always like, oh, he's just kind of like kind of a d bag, but it's right. like. He's trying to fight this menacing evil that they've never been able to defeat. That his friends
1: and, and family are dying to. <laughs> like,
0: Yeah, it's like, hey, we've been trying to kill this thing forever. What if we just take that thing and stick it on our finger and wipe it out? And it's, I don't know, it. it his arc, I was a lot more sympathetic and empathetic with yeah. with Bor and have become that way more with Boromir recently where it's like, yeah, this is not a like cut and dry like and it's not easy for i mean there's they build it in with aragorn too where it's like he's got to release that idea from his mind when he he lets frodo go at the end but but you the struggle for with that boromir specifically has with you like yeah I mean, I mean it makes sense yeah. why he would be drawn to the most powerful thing that could defeat this surging evil he- that's that's rising in the world but by doing so you will become that very thing. Like you cannot escape that, which I think is relevant, uh,
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I've never, I, I don't know that I've ever watched that. The, the scene, you know, uh, in Rivendell, uh, the way I watched it this time, where it's like, "Yeah, man, here I am in your fancy Rivendell, where you live forever." Like, I don't really care what you think at all. Like, I, I need this ring, dude. Like, it is a gift, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that plays out really weird because I watched um, the extended cut. I usually don't. Um, that plays out really weird in the extended cut because Gandalf has just like spoken the black speech. And Rivendell, like made like the sky turn dark, and Boromir is still like, "It's a gift." <laughs> like right afterwards, nope. he's like, "No, we need that." <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> what if we use it to stomp out the evil that's been lurking for generations?
1: Man, yeah, that, that shot where they're what? actually on the mountain in the snow, and you know he picks up the the ring out of the the snow on the chain. <laughs> like, the so shot
0: good. is amazing, and the fact that it's actually a, a ring that's like. Yeah, desk, yeah. Like the size of your head so they could get the shot. You're like, ah, man, I, I wonder who's got that prop right yeah, now. Because yeah. it's such a good shot of that, that ring sitting in the stone. They're like, well, we can't shoot it with a ring that would go around your finger. We got to make a big one. Like, I don't know. I love all those all those camera tricks that they do.
1: Yeah, man, what a, what a great... A way to spend some some three hours um yeah. which do you have a favorite of the trilogy uh i'll say this one's this one's my favorite um i think it i
0: think it is this one it's the one i watched the most
1: and it's not to say anything uh, negative about the the two no. that follow um for <laughs> nope. growing up the two towers was always my favorite um because I, I yeah liked helms deep um i love helms deep super super cool but but now now i have changed my mind <laughs> i'm now now a fellowship person um yeah yeah
0: it's it's just got so much like nostalgia and whimsy for me that i'm like if i ever just want to feel like warm in my soul i'll be like now you just throwing fellowship and feel good for a little yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, i don't know it's always going to occupy that space i think in my my heart and my mind as a as a viewer it's just like something that exists as a pure like good for me
1: (laughs) yeah i'd and and as i've gotten older too i can also appreciate the uh the physical beauty of aragorn (laughs) more like (laughs) i wasn't as a kid like oh man this guy is hot (laughs) like (laughs) i watch it now and i'm just like god damn (laughs) like that dude looks looks great in these movies that's a good looking man (laughs) it's a good looking dude yeah Um, (laughs) But, yeah, maybe this will be a little Cargo Bay tradition, BC. What do you think? I
0: think so. I mean, you know, we we love the Christmas season here around the Cargo Bay, and nothing says celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ like watching Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Fellowship of the Ring to me. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I will more than gladly look forward to uh, watching Two Towers uh, next year for our, our annual holiday, uh, Lord of the Rings Escape. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they had... They're, they exist as Christmas movies for me because they are so heavily associated with, like, the Christmas season. Yeah. That's when they came out and was like, after this one, I was, I'm was i sure that I was their opening day for the Two Towers. Like, there's no doubt in oh, my mind that I would have been, I, like, ready to go.
1: I don't know if I had the the means to be their opening day. I, I In fact, right. I remember having to wait a while to see Return of the King, even, and just being like, Like, maybe a week or something.
0: I remember getting out of a a final, like a, a midterm or whatever, you know, right right before the Christmas break. Getting out of the final, and one of my buddies who was a he was like my go to Lord of the Rings pal at the time. We were just like, we just got out of this final, and we're like, hey, you want to go see Return of the King, dude? He's like, yeah, and like we went and watched a three and a half hour movie, and I'm sure got out at like you know the middle of the night after having got out of school. And We're like, let's just go let's just go watch Return of the King. Yeah. Because uh, it's out, and we just loved it. We're like, let's go just go watch it. Um, yeah.
1: Good time. You know, I must have been at Return of the King early enough, because I remember it was a packed house, and I remember at the end of the movie, when Gollum took the ring, someone behind me said, it'd be funny if he tripped and falled.
0: <laughs> and i Bald. said I, yeah
1: and he said it super loud and i turned around and said that's what happened in the book because <laughs> it is what happens it's in ca- the book he just yeah. he trips and falls <laughs> but uh i also wanted to mention we have a tentative date with our friends normies like us the podcast oh. to, to do a little uh star wars holiday special oh, <laughs> oh
0: boy um Do you think uh the little uh, housekeeping? Do you think you and I could arrange to watch that together?
1: Oh yeah, maybe do a little Discord watch. Yeah, because let me tell you,
0: I've never seen it before. Uh, The only thing I've seen is the the Boba Fett
1: animation. Well, it does not go fast. I'll tell you that (laughs) it is it it is not an Indiana Jones like experience. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I would be glad to watch it with you, so we can at least talk about it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> and when, when are we, uh, when are we doing that? I think
1: that's on the 17th. Um, well, I'll, I'll let you okay. know off pod. Okay, uh, great. We'll figure it yeah. out. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, yeah. But right before we get out of here right quick, there was a new Indiana Jones trailer. Um, Ooh. so that's exciting. <laughs> Gonna have a new yeah. indie film.
0: Uh, I'm a a thousand percent in on uh, de-aged Indiana Jones and anything that's going to happen in this movie.
1: Yeah, I'm down. Um, I'll I'll be there opening night, I'm sure. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, more more to look forward to uh, out there. But anyway, uh, that's been our holiday episode of The Cargo Bay. Um, Happy holidays to you out there, whatever you're celebrating. Um, And I guess we'll be back... We'll be back next week with something or other right
0: yeah something or other we'll figure it out
1: <laughs> and maybe be we'll something. be opening some cards on the youtube channel soon uh so check us out there and until next time bye forever bye y'all oh
0: ho, ho ho merry christmas everyone